Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Race Tech Suspension FXR Gear Privateer Island Life number 59. Looking forward to this one. Been trying to get this guy on for a while and uh, with good cause now after after Unadilla. Um, some really good uh, finishes, and we'll talk to him in a second. But uh, first up, FXRRacing.com, designed by racers for racers. If you go to that website and you punch in Pulpamex 30, you save 30% off your next gear purchase. You've seen FXR with Jimmy Dakotas. You've seen it with Kyle Cunningham. Uh, you've seen it on a number of riders over the years, and uh, they support the Privateer Island life. And we thank them for that. They've designed by racers for racers, and uh, they pride themselves on the quality and precision that goes into making each set of motocross and off-road gear. And uh, thanks to those guys for making it happen. Also, Race Tech Suspension, they're doing motors as well over there. Pulpamex uh, 18 is the code to save. Get your suspension oil changed. Get your spring rate done. Uh, dial in your stuff to make your bike work better. And if you need some motor work done, they do that also. So thanks to those guys. Um, for coming on board, racetech.com as always. Big vintage stuff if, if you have that as well. So, um, all right, so this is Privateer Island Life number 59. This guy is one of the many guys that have been riding for uh, Teddy Parks Racing, TPJ. And uh, you saw him this weekend at Unadilla, grab the holy and lead for a little bit. Dylan Merriam, what's up, Dylan? How are you, man? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate the time. We've been trying to do this for a while. And then, and then honestly, Dylan, I was like, I'm going to wait till the, till the guy gets back to where he was when we saw you crushing it early in the season. Um, but uh, but now it's time. But before we get to that, let's talk Unadilla. And what about that whole shot, bro? That whole shot felt awesome. You know, everything just uh, – it was one of those starts where everything went right. Mechanics, everything were on point. And yep. uh, it felt good, man, especially, can, you know, I was able to lead almost a full lap. And, I know. I uh, thought you let a lap. So nice. I, I thought you let a lap. I checked the stats. I'm like, oh, he didn't get a lap. It was close. I'm going to be honest, Marv kind of went inside of the yellow marker to make the pass, but, you know, <laughs> hey, it would have happened anyways, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, uh, it felt good to get out front, especially in the mud, uh, your track was, was the best. You qualified decently for you, uh, where was your gate pick, and what, and what, what happened off the start, do you think, to, did you just get your shift perfectly, your reaction was good, what, looking back on it? Um, I was, uh, I would say inside of the doghouse, probably about three or four spots, Yep, and, uh, just... I don't know. Everything just hooked up great. I mean, you know, uh, my reaction time was on point, and I came out and just like it was one of those where I didn't have to double clutch. I got my shift perfect. Everything just landed, you know. And yeah. uh, about three quarters of the way down the straightaway, I looked over and I didn't see any fenders, and I'm like, "All right, I got this." <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was no better feeling at that moment. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. Good to see. Uh, and it must have been really cool, although. It's muddy, so you got a you got a clear poncho on. It doesn't quite look as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I'll be honest though, that thing was worth it. It definitely helped. <laughs> yeah. Um. So from there, from the rest of the moto, um. Obviously, look, the the big doc, the big factory guys are coming through and all of that. But how'd you feel? Like how'd you how'd you fare? You know, some guys have told me over the years that getting a great start like that is the worst thing they can do because they pump up, they get nervous, you're getting passed, you're you're rattled a little bit. Um. But how was you? See, for me, I I love it. Like, I feel the most comfortable in that situation. I mean, I know I'm at a pro national, and I got a lot of big dogs behind me, but I was just, you know, I feel like when I get that start, I can run a much faster pace than if I get a mid-pack start. Yeah, sure. And, uh, no, I mean, I was happy with it. I felt like my riding was really good for, you know, I'd say about the first 10 minutes, but um, unfortunately I had some goggle issues um, and – quite you know a few too many yeah and uh that's really what costed me i felt like i uh i definitely had a top 10 yeah. in that moto but 
you know, I had to pull in three times, unfortunately, and I still spent about fifth, uh, about 70% of the moto with no goggles. Oh, geez. Um, so yeah, it was um, definitely rough. Um, and again, I don't, I don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but, um, yeah, I was really frustrated about that. Yeah, that, that, that sucks. Um, there was a lot of goggle stops and dude, I, I was a mechanic for a long time and I barely remember anybody ever pulling in for goggles in the worst mud conditions ever. I don't know what's happened in the last three, four years, but guys are pulling in nonstop for goggle changes. So did you have that plan to do? And obviously, like you said, you still rode without goggles a ton, but did you, you did you plan some goggle stops? See, I had uh, I started with roll-offs, and I had a backup set of roll-offs, and then I had Prade Lap goggles that I didn't use. Well, the Prade Lap goggles didn't have tear-offs, yeah. but I never in the world thought I would have used three sets of goggles. No, no. Um, so I thought, okay, if the first set goes wrong, I have a backup set of roll-offs. Well, to be completely honest, um, I didn't even run out of poles. The film didn't break. They just, the goggles, they fogged up so bad oh, yeah. that I had to pull them. Yep. Um, and it's weird cause I've never experienced that before and just, they just, they weren't staying together. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it was super frustrating cause it's like, you know, I'm doing great in a moto and yeah. you know, I can't, I can't keep going. I have to keep pulling in. And then in that kind of situation, you can't ride without goggles. Like, I mean, I'm surprised Caleb Russell went so long without goggles yeah. cause dude, just every puddle you hit and I had LASIK on my eyes. So they're already very, Oh yeah. yeah. Is. Yep. So that was tough, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I still finished fifteenth. So for pulling in freaking three, <laughs> three times, three times, it was it wasn't too bad. But I mean, it was. I definitely felt like I had a good, solid top ten in me. So did the second pair of rollies screw up too, Dylan, or was that did they just not work, or or was there an issue with those also? No, there was an issue with those two. Oh, I literally dude, made so, it half okay. a lap and I had to pull them. Okay, so it was not a good goggle day for you, not at all. No, Dumber, no it was bummer, a dude. Yeah. Day. Um. So did you? Did you? Uh, so you got your? You got a fifteenth, not bad. Second moto, thirty fourth. What happened? That was a DNF. Yep. I, uh, you know, I, I was coming into the first turn and I actually had a really good start. I'd say I was probably like in the top five to ten. Mm-hmm. And I was right next to Bloss, and he hit the standing water right going into the first turn. Yeah. And my goggles got completely covered to where it was literally, I would have been better <laughs> off closing my eyes. Right. And I literally, I couldn't pull a tear off in time, and someone bumped me, so I couldn't get my hand off the handlebars. I had no oh, idea where dude. I was going. Complete blackout. <laughs> so I came to a complete stop. By the time I pulled it, it was uh, I was almost last. I started to come through and pass a few people. I ended up crashing three times. Oh, geez. And the third crash took me so long to get up that I ended up going two laps down. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, I'm a privateer. Why am I going to ruin my bike yeah. for 30th place? Yeah. Uh, so I apologize to anyone on fantasy. <laughs> that was not my intention. But um, yeah, I was not about to ruin my bike because we got two more rounds. Uh, left. I, ho- I hope you don't hear it, see and hear those fantasy tweets and pods and stuff, Miriam. You know, <laughs> I hear you guys. I hear you guys, Steve. Not recently. I know I've let you guys down since. Oh, uh, I think I, th- I think JT was very angry with you one week a while ago. I don't know what yeah, happened. I but... don't blame him. We hit a rough patch. Well, let's talk about that. So you come out in the season, and dude, you're crushing it. You're the surprise rider of the season. Uh, you're doing great, uh, putting in good motos, everything else, and then slowly, kind of. You, you had weeks where we were going, what's up with Miriam? Like, I even texted Max at, at Fly and was like, 
Is yeah. he hurt or what's going? Like, so kind of talk about that a little bit because early on in the year, man, you were just absolutely doing great. Yeah, the first three rounds honestly were like I couldn't have asked for anything better. You know, the luck was on my side. My bikes were staying together. Everything was 100%. I felt great. And then uh, round four at High Point is kind of where it started to get rocky. Mm-hmm. I got food poisoning the night before the race. That's right, yeah. yeah. And so I couldn't race there. Then I came back the next week, which I believe was Muddy Creek. And, you know, when it went east, you know, I just – I feel like – the East Coast tracks, you know, the ones that are real soft and stuff in yep. practice, yep. I I have a hard time in time qualifying because, you know, I'm a creature of habit. I like to stick to my own lines. Yep. West Coast tracks are a little more predictable that way. But the East, you know, you got to switch it up. And so I, I didn't qualify very good. My first moto, I had a terrible start. But, dude, I had, like, the ride of a lifetime. I, I mm-hmm. came all the way back to 12th. And I was passing people that I usually battle with, like, mm-hmm. Great moto. Yep. And then second moto, I was running 11th, trying to pass for 10th, and I went down on the downhill, and I had a hard time getting up, so I think I got like 18th. And then um, Southwick, you know, another bad start in the first moto. Um, just I kind of sunk, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then uh, I came back to like 14th, so I thought, you know, I could still salvage a good overall. Mm-hmm. Second moto, had a great start into the first turn, and – got clipped by both uh, Pike and Nicoletti, went down, and my bike wouldn't start for two minutes. Yeah. So I drained my battery before I got it going. I went a lap down on the first lap and was only able to come back to about 23rd. Um, And, you know, so, like, ever since that, you know, since the high point, it was really, you know, up, down, up, down. And, uh, you know, we showed up to Redbud, and everything was going for, you know, health-wise, everything was great. And then Redbud, I had a big crash on the second lap of the first practice and that really took a toll on me you know i thought i broke a vertebrae in the bottom of my back yeah yeah i couldn't i I couldn't even walk and so uh, where did you crash did you crash where baggett went down where i someone told me about this no 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 no. so there's a little tiny tabletop that goes over the hill by the flag yeah literally yeah going from the little tabletop you go down a hill and then left into the roller yeah into the rollers yeah that little tabletop. Yes. Okay. Freaking, that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, my second lap, I came up it and it kind of angled to the left a tiny bit and mm-hmm. I jumped straight and I landed probably 20 feet long, but I would have been fine, but I landed literally on the edge of the track and yep. the soft. Yeah. Stopped, went over the bars yeah. and I really tweaked my back. Somebody, and, somebody uh, saw it and they told me it was horrendous. I forget who it was, but they're like, dude, Miriam just about died over, over there. It was, uh, yeah. it was one of those like, uh, this is this isn't going to be good. To mm-hmm. like, wow, that was violent. Yeah, like it yeah. happened quick, right. and it shouldn't have happened that way. Like Baggett's even, you thought he's just going to tuck the front, and he does a front flip. Yeah, like, totally right. It, yep. The track was just really loose and soft like that. But, but um, so yeah, that kind of tweaked my back, okay. and then you know the next few rounds, I you know we had the week off, which was good. I didn't ride that whole week. And then we came back, and, you know, I felt good, but my back was still just super sore, and I felt like as the weeks went on, you know, I just was kind of struggling with that. Yep. yep. Yeah, were you, and, able to, uh, were you able to practice much, or was it kind of taking a toll during the week to practice on practicing? I was able to practice, but just not, not like, yep. to, you know, a full day, a full day. Yeah. you know, kind of just, you know, three-quarter days. And uh, But, you know, on race day, I usually I always show up, and I feel like I have good race craft, so, you know, I always feel like, you know, it's never an issue. Yep. But – you know, I was just really struggling because, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, I've had such a long season this year. I've been healthy, and I've never in my career, even in the last, like, five years, even an amateur, 
I've never been healthy this long, like this this many races. Mm-hmm. So I'm not used to, you know, I did like 14 Supercross rounds, and then, you know, we're nearing, I think, 10 or 11 outdoors. And, it you know, with all the travel going east every weekend from the West Coast, you know, it's your body and everything, it's just, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of a burnout. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It takes a toll yeah. on you. Yeah. Never so mind your never mind your privateer island life. Like that's you know, that's hard exactly. enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and that was another thing too, is like, you know, after the first three rounds, you know, when you're a privateer, you realize, oh, I'm riding the same bike every weekend without framing it. We're running yep. the same stuff every so things start breaking, stuff starts happening, you know how it is. Yep. But um but yeah, and then we came into Washougal and you know, I was really having a hard time because my qualifyings were bad and I was just so not burnt out on riding, just burnt out on the yep. work I was putting in during the week and not performing on the weekend. Yep. So it was really, you know, it was really getting to me and, you know, Washuga was a disaster. You know, I didn't even crack top 20. Mm-hmm. It was honestly like the most nightmare weekend of my racing. And so luckily we had a week off and, you know, I really used that week off to kind of rejuvenate myself and mentally just get back in it and tell myself like, Hey man, we got three more rounds. Yep. I need to finish how I started. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I'm there. I feel back up to a hundred percent. My back's great. Yeah, how's the back? You know, good. Like the back is healthy. Or, yeah. 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 Back's back to, I'm back to a hundred percent physically. And I feel like I'm where I left off mentally in the first three rounds. So I'm looking forward to these last two. Well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm off here, but I think you and Dilla was your, one of your better qualifying in a while too, right? Like when the track, it wasn't muddy yet. It rain hadn't come. It was, you know, it was pretty decent for qualifying. So, yeah, um, you know, it, it's hard because I've really been trying to focus and practice on, you know, my sprint speed because, you know, fitness wise and my motos, you know, I, I feel like, you know, my endurance is great, but I was struggling with qualifying. So this weekend it sucks because, you know, it didn't show on paper. I qualified 20th, mm-hmm. but that was from the first practice. The second practice, I qualified 13th. Okay, that's what I'm looking and, at. That's what I remember looking yeah, at then, yeah. yeah. I was 13th, but the track got slower because it got rougher. You have guys that can go out and send it on a flat track, you know. There was so many guys ahead of me in the first one that in the second one they were way behind me. But, yeah. you know, the track got slower. Yeah, yeah. But mentally, you know, I knew I said, if I'm 20th or under, yeah. My gate pick will be good enough for a good start, and I know for a fact, based off that second qualifying, that I, come race time, I I will be there. I haven't seen you thirteenth so, in qualifying for a while, Miriam. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. Colorado <laughs> was the last time I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that that's why I was kind of like, oh yeah, hey, he's he's riding better, and then you got that holy. I'm like, oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah, no, <laughs> so. that's that's how I felt. But unfortunately, I mean, right. but it's like. You can only be back so much, you know. Almost everyone had a DNF or a bad moto. Yeah, um, those so, are, those early rounds outside of Glen Helen, uh, your bike broke right when you were up there in the second moto. Did you crash or did your bike break? Uh, which moto? Uh, Glen Helen second moto. No, so uh, I was running about like seventh, and yep. I was having the moto of my life, dude. Man, I felt great. Everything was clicking, and I ended up crashing out. Okay, I. Uh, I hurt my knee a little bit, but, you know, we spent um, 80% of the season with some kind of nagging injury. <laughs> yeah, well, but I had, you, I, uh, I had I, you in fantasy that day, Dylan. Yeah, Owen, I so. screwed you over, and I did hear that pod after. Yeah, so not, not happy. But if, but if, I thought maybe your bike broke. Maybe I didn't forgot you crashed. But but anyways, hey, outside of that moto, um, those six motos to start the year, like, how good did you feel week to week, and how much confidence did that give you to, to get inside the top tens and get close to top tens and, like, running guys down late in the motos and okay so on the flip side Miriam, 
How much of that that those results were because you're a SoCal guy? How much of that was did that have to do with that part of being a SoCal guy? Honestly, I don't really think. I mean, all these tracks, yeah, I've ridden them and stuff, but I feel like on National Day they're so different. Yeah, and this was the first year that I've ever came into a series healthy. I feel like that was the difference. Okay. I've never. Even Supercross this year, I started it with two weeks on the bike from a broken ankle. So it's like I've never had a full training season leading into the races. So those first, you know, those first three rounds, those six motos, you know, I was healthy. Everything was clicking. If you notice, every single one of my starts was like top five. Uh-huh. I was always up front. I was battling for, you know, top tens or close to it. And, you know, everything was just clicking. Yeah. Um, must have been, must have felt pretty good, huh? It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I wanted to keep that ball rolling, but it's funny because, I mean, A-Ray's made the comment before that Longhorn, I haven't been the same since Longhorn. That's where I got the food poisoning. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, it, was it Longhorn? <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I recovered from that. What, um, it's it's, 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 uh, it's um, Morgantown, bro. You never know. Morgantown. Yeah. Something in the water. Right, right. Food, man. Well, hey, listen, you, it, it, I, I guarantee you, your, your food poisoned ass could have done better than A-Ray at uh, Redbud. I don't know what happened there. Good God. Um, hey, so, uh, um, yeah, it was a good start to the year, and you want to finish it strong. Uh, do you look at the points? Does it matter, Marion? Because I was looking at them. You're eight points back of Miller and 13th, and, you know, big deal, yeah. I guess, 13th overall. But, I mean, that's that's cool. Like, you want to get that, right? No, absolutely. After the first three rounds, you know, I was like, okay, we're only three rounds in, but I'm sitting 10th in points, and I was like, I want to be as close to 10th as I can get. Yep. And then obviously, you know, there's a huge points gap. Cody Cooper has been there every weekend. So I think, is he like 12th or something? He's 10th right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's way, he's in the hundreds, but from 13th to me, we're within eight points. So I definitely want to be there and I want to be, you know, other than Cody, Cooper, I want to be the top privateer. That was yeah. my goal all year long. Right. And, you know, so that's still the goal. And, uh, Eight points, that's nothing. Yep. Did so you, I feel like I can make that up. Were you feeling a bit of uh, – were you getting a little more attention after those first six and some of those rides? Were guys, uh, uh, you know, maybe checking in with you a little bit more or maybe some sponsors helping you out a little more? Because, uh, um, again, those were all, those results were legit. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it definitely got more attention. Everyone was a little bit more like, damn, dude, you're killing it, stuff like that. You yep. know, everyone, all the sponsors started, <laughs> they started posting more and, like, you know, it definitely drew more attention. And then, you know, when, when Anderson went out, I thought, you know, I've been the top privateer these first three. Like, you know, I, I want to try so hard, you know, to yeah. get that Husky ride. Yeah. And I know it seemed, you know, out of reach, but I was like, you know, Yamaha took a chance on A-Ray. Maybe Husky will take a chance on me. And yep. I don't know if it's true, but I had heard from someone that they had, you know, mentioned my name, which, mm-hmm. I mean, even that alone is yeah. a pretty, pretty big deal. So. You know, of course they're going to go with Phil. Phil was freaking, you know, he was ahead of me every time. And, I mean, Phil's been around a long time. He's great, and he has a lot of experience. Yep. But, um, but yeah, and then, you know, that was still my goal. You know, I was like, well, I know Honda needs someone, KTM. Like, I just, I need to go out yeah. and prove to these guys that to give me a shot. And then, you know, everything kind of just went, you know, up, down, up, down. It was a roller coaster. And, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of threw everything off. But, like I said, I want to finish so people remember you know, how yeah. it started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the A-Ray thing, I told, you know, I've told heard it from a few people. I'm just like, look, he rode for Cycle Trader, which was their, their, their B team. He had no sponsors to, to drop. You know what I mean? He was, an easy, he was an easy pick to go in. He'd been riding really well, you know what I mean, and all of that. And I think it was just so easy that they did it. And I think that's what these teams are looking for, like easy 
drop this kid in and and he won't have a problem. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. uh, I think, you know, if you're Bobby Hewitt, you're like, look, I could take Miriam, but he's Roger Yamaha. Like, you know, Phil's a different deal. But if you're taking a Miriam, you're like, ah, he's on a Yamaha now. And. Well, he liked the Husky and all of that. Like it, it's these things have to line up for for guys like yourself and Ray. I think to get these rides. It does, I'm not saying, saying exactly. it can't, but there's a lot of things. And an energy drink companies get in, you know, and they're like, you know, right. yeah. So, anyways, but yeah, well, man. Yeah. Uh, look, the yeah, way yeah, you like were you, oh, the, yeah. the way you were riding, uh, you were coming up late in motos. You were getting great starts, or you were coming up late in motos, or whatever, passing legit dudes. Like it was something something impressive. Yeah. Um, no, I know everything. Yeah, everything was clicking. And um, it was a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and hopefully you get it back for sure. Um, how's no, the How's the Yamaha? You've been on them for a couple of years. Um, what do you like about it? What do you think about it? Do you think the 18 was better than the 17? They made some changes to the frame. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I love the Yamaha. I mean, this is the first year that I rode it in Supercross, so mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't ever ride the 17 in Supercross. Okay, but I could tell you that the 18 was night and day better. Yep. Um, I noticed a ton, especially like just with the way it handled and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, ever since I've been on them, they've been great, but I definitely feel like the 18 is a lot better. Yep. And you know, the 250 for 19, I believe is exactly the same. So that's probably going to be a huge step for them too. Um, how's the, how's the motor good, right? Like that's what everybody talks about the motor. The motor's amazing. It's yeah. crazy how like it's it's hard to explain, but like the power curve of it is just mm-hmm. insane. Like you know, the seventeen was known for just blowing your arms off yeah. on bottom end, <laughs> yeah. and the nineteen is just or the eighteen is just so smooth. Like it hits great, yeah. but not too much, and it's just like all the way through the power band is just it's it's, it's uh, the power is always there. Like yep. there's no sign off. Yep. Um, 450 nationals for you. We saw you in 250 supercross sometimes. Was it just a matter of like, look, I can't compete against factory guys. I need something that I don't got to dump a bunch of money into next week, next each week. Is that sort of your thinking with that? Um, well, going into supercross, I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger person and yep. I mean, financially the 450, you can't beat it. There's twice as many rounds. It mm-hmm. pays freaking triple. Oh dude. And yep. I just wanted, I just wanted to get as much experience as I could. Yep. And you know, it started going good there at the end. And then obviously it paid off. I got the fill in with cycle trader on a 250 yep. and personally in, in, in supercross, I mean, I want to ride a 250, you know, as long as it's a good solid team that the bike's fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want to ride a 250 because I want to show what I can do on a 250. You know, I feel like when you're on the 450 and you're kind of, you know, barely making the mains and stuff, you just kind of get forgotten about. Yeah. Um, Especially if you don't make the main. Yeah. But, you know, um, but like with Cycle Trader, I mean, my first race wasn't really fair to judge. It was the the mutter at Seattle. Right. And I fried the bike both times. Um, Yeah, your your clutch lasted like, um, um, what? About 30 seconds. Yeah, about 30 (laughs) seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, but so I fried the bike both times, and I didn't end up making the main. But then Salt Lake, you know, I got off to a great start, and I was running eleventh, um, like three quarters through the main, and I actually just passed into tenth. And with two laps to go, I went down mm-hmm. and ended up twelfth. Yeah. So I threw away a top ten, but still, my basically my first race on the two fifty all year, and I got a twelfth. Yeah. And I felt like I beat some respectable people. So it's like if I had a full the off season to train on the 250, get yeah. ready and show up at Anaheim prepared. Yeah, you know I feel like I could really you know be a top ten guy week in and week out. Yeah, on a team makes all the difference, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really, it really does. does. Um, yeah, because I tell I tell guys all the time. I'm like, look, 
if you're not if you're not on a good bike or have the budget to keep building a good bike, and Austin Roots, one of those guys that I talked to a little bit, I'm like, you got to go to 450s, man, because the purse is so much better. Like you can actually, right. you know, you're based out of SoCal. There's six rounds that are really close to you. If you make the main event in 450s, which you certainly can, a couple grand every every night, you know, plus contingency and whatever, like you can do okay. It's not you're not going to be killing it, but you can do okay on a 450 Supercross. 250 Supercross, forget it. Yeah, and that's the thing what I don't understand, too, is, like, there's so many satellite 250 teams. Yeah. And it's like it costs so much money to go racing. Yeah. And there's no there's, – you don't get anything back. Yeah. Like, there needs to be more, you know, 450 satellite teams like that. I'll, I'll, and they make so much more money. I, I know. I tell you what it is, is is you can get a 250 guy outside of J-Mart and, you know, the elite 250 guys. You can get these guys for 200 grand. Hundred grand, you know, somewhere around there for a lot of these guys, uh, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred grand. While the four fifty guys, like Tomac, Roxon, Anderson, Muscan, I mean, that's a couple million dollars. You know, that's that's yeah. that's four two fifty guys that you could get for one four fifty guy. And so I think I budgets budgets in four fifties are maxed with these with these elite riders, and there's no money left. You know what I mean? But I'm with you. Like, yeah, it's 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 kind of like hitting your head against the wall trying to trying to compete in the two fifty class. It's just as a dude showing up. You know. So. Well, and it's unfortunate because it's like, you know, the top guys like Eli and them, they absolutely deserve the money that they're getting. Yeah. But then when you look at what everyone else is making, yeah. they almost don't because it's not fair. No, you know? I know. They're making everything and we're making nothing. No, I know. You know it's and it's, hard. A, it's a, people who are listening would, would say we're socialists, Miriam, but, but I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand how, you know, and no offense to Kenny Rocks and Eli Tomac because they're amazing. As you know, like they're, 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 they're phenomenal riders, but they're, absolutely. they're making. Uh, all in probably four to five million a year, and the guy in tenth who doesn't get lapped is maybe making a couple hundred grand, you know, or whatever. Like it's yeah, like it's insane to think about that dis- disparity. Yes, Tomac should get more because he wins and and he's better, but that much more, <laughs> you know. So right? yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, that's the problem. Everyone needs more. <laughs> yeah. So hey, you're on the TPJ program for people who don't know Teddy Parks, and it's it's not cheap. It's 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 expensive a little bit to pull, but they they take your bike to the races. You have to use some of their sponsors like Fly or anybody else, and you can fly in and out and do your regular deal. Um, what's the benefits, Dylan, for that versus you know staying on the road and doing Alex Nagy like living in a van? Um, what do you think about the differences? Because, you know, there's a cost to the TPJ program. Have you worked that out? How happy are you with it? And how much does it allow you to get these results that you've been getting? Yeah, you know, the program is great. It's, you know, if you're not on a factory team, I really don't see any other option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no one else out there that offers what Ted does. I mean, you get all the sponsors that come with the team. So it's like clutches, everything like that, tires, all that stuff's free. Uh-huh. And I feel like the biggest thing is, is like for us, I mean, yes, it does cost money, but you know, we're able to fly in and out every week. I'm yep. able to come home, do my program, eat how I want, train how I want, go to the race, perform and fly home. And we don't have to set anything up. We show up yep. we're there. And especially this outdoor series, you know, I had a few sponsors that, you know, between Ted DSC construction, you know, and a few other people they went in and, you know, they put in more money so I could have a mechanic. Yep. Everyone knows this BMC. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so that's really helped even more. But, uh, you know, like Nagy, you know, I give him respect for driving around yeah. all those rounds. But, you know, that, that takes such a toll on you. you know, all <laughs> it that, does, dude. I mean, it does. <laughs> you, I think flying's bad. But right. Dude, when, you're, 
when you're not only driving but sleeping yeah. and spending 90% of your day in a car, yeah. I, I, that's that's almost too much for me. Uh, I, I, mean, gotta, I don't think I could do it. You got to find somewhere to eat, right? You got to find somewhere to, to work out. You got to find somewhere to ride. Yeah, but you're saving it, money. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You're saving money, but I feel like almost in the long run, You'd make more money if yeah. you did it the other way. Yeah, you know? well, you're, what you're doing, yeah, and certainly there's been a lot. Kyle Cunningham did it for you know a little bit. Like there's a lot of guys that have done it, and it's worked out well. So yeah, um, that's it's it's interesting to me to talk about that a little bit. And then of course, part of it, Dylan, too, is you get to talk to Teddy Parks every week, which is an experience right there. <laughs> that is definitely the, an experience. <laughs> the Teddy Parks experience oh, is is what I call uh, it. So um, yeah, Ted's a handful and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so was there something like you have to wear a fly? Uh, I think, do they have an exhaust sponsor too? Did you have to use some exhaust for that? So, or? Basically everything on the team, they, they have basically everything on the bike, Okay, but the only requirement is fly, which I personally, I would choose fly anyways, yep. you know, as of right now. FXRRacing.com. Like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get it. But, like they just have so much to offer and i like dealing with max and dalton and uh mm-hmm. they have a great program but like ted has a deal with like yoshimura for exhaust okay. and like i think scott goggles alpine star like deals that you can get through them i don't know if they're free necessarily yeah but, yeah, but most everything is yep but yeah the only requirement is fly right right yeah it's interesting man uh, for sure and, and he has everything for you therefore and um how's how's the yamaha guys been do they give you bikes do you get a deal what do you get your bikes through so um, I don't really get any help through Yamaha necessarily. Mm-hmm. I have a, a guy named Brett Hamilton up in uh, uh, Modesto. He owns Prop Shop Yamaha. Okay. And he's the one he's given me the last two years. He's given me two bikes for the year. Okay. So that's helped out a lot. And uh, we actually uh, we ended up buying one bike this year just because doing all the super fast rounds, you know, we put a lot of time on all the bikes. Yeah. So uh, we bought one of our own. But uh, you, you got to give him, yeah no it definitely you got you to give them back or can you sell them. No, so we have to give them back. Yeah. Well, they were, you, you, I think they were demo bikes. What's this guy's name, Brett? Brett Hamilton. Brett, Brett needs to call Gara at Yamaha and, and get you a He's bike. He's actually good friends with him. <laughs> well, then what the hell, dude? If you're making mains know, and you're, you're getting ninths in motos and tenths in motos, you should get a free bike. You can give it back. Just tell him that. I, know, I feel like Yamaha can, you know, they have the ability to do that, but I, I, they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to work Nobody on Nobody wants to. <laughs> um, hey, so you made some Supercross mains uh, this year, um, and you've run up top 10 in motos. What's better? What's cooler for you, Dylan? What do you like? What, what are you uh, stoked on, more stoked on? You know, it's tough because, like, I would say the first three rounds of the outdoors, mm-hmm. there's no better feeling than that because I, I really enjoy Supercross. The more I do it, the more experience I get, the more I enjoy it. But it's new. You know, it's a lot harder in the beginning, you know, because it's a lot more to learn. But, I mean, outdoors is just so brutal, and it's just, you know, all the time. And, you know, like Supercross, I feel like you can get a lot of people that, you know, are so talented on a bike, but they don't really work that hard, uh-huh. and they're still good. Yeah. But outdoors – if you're not working, you're not performing. No. You know? So the feeling I got those first three rounds, and especially Colorado, you know, getting that top ten overall, mm-hmm. that nothing beat that. But, I mean, it was pretty cool making my first 450 main. That was a big accomplishment. Um, but, yeah, nothing beats running in the top ten in the national. Yeah. Actually, scratch that. The only thing 
Nothing beats getting a whole shot at Unadilla. Yeah, really, right? Oh, yeah, that was cool. Although you had a poncho on, Miriam, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> I did, but that poncho was badass. I know, <laughs> if, if there was such a thing. Uh, Dylan Merriam on the uh, Privateer <laughs> Island Life, number 59. Uh, thanks to FXR Racing. Go to uh, fxrracing.com. Use the code PULPMX30 to save 30% off your next gear purchase. Uh, you've seen this gear on Dakotas, and Kyle Peters has made podiums with it, and uh, Kyle Cunningham, of course, is, is riding really well right now. FXR priding itself on the quality and precision that goes into making each set of motocross and off-road gear. Go to their website. they got a ton of crap, and you can save on it using uh, PulpMX30 code. And thanks to the folks at Racetech, uh, Racetech.com, motors and suspension from those guys. They're located in Corona, California, right where Merriam is. And uh, PulpMX18 will save. Have you ever used Racetech, Dylan? Yeah, I actually used them uh, back when I was on 85s and into my uh, beginning of big bikes. Oh, okay. And uh, you liked it? You had a good time with it? Good experience. Yeah, yeah. I used. I had the same guy, and uh, that was doing my stuff. AJ. I don't think he's there anymore, but uh, yeah, it's always yeah. good. Good. Um, so, are you doing the Milestone Paula Glen Helen trio uh, in SoCal every week? Yeah, it's pretty much what it's been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, right? Um, when you're out there and you see some, some. I mean, a lot of guys are on the East Coast, but you know, the star guys are out there, and every it's a few people. Do you try to get in behind them? I mean, I, I know it's a jerk move some, to just pull in behind them, but if one of them gets by you, are you, you know, kind of trying to stay with them, trying to learn, trying to trying to figure out what they're doing? Yeah, typically the the best thing I'll try to do is either like either jump in behind them, but enough to yeah, where right. you know enough to where I'm not like in their way, or yeah. if I'm ahead of them, I'll jump in ahead, but like half a track, so I can still gauge off of them mm-hmm. because I feel like if I can gauge off of them, it's still pushing me for sure. You know. And I don't want to be in their mix, you know, because, you know, sometimes sometimes people are pretty yeah, Madonna. Yeah, they, they get hurt. But, uh, they get, get butt hurt a little bit. in their program, no, right? Yeah. That, well, but, it's not even well, the riders. Yeah. It's not even the riders, Miriam. It's the coaches and the trainers that are everywhere now. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What do you uh, What do you do for training? Speaking of that, what do you What do you like doing? Um, you know, off season, I like to do a lot of uh, CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You know, road biking, mountain biking, stuff like that. In between, you know, when outdoors is going, I like to try to keep it a little bit lighter. So, like, you know, when I come home, I'll usually do, like, a recovery road bike ride. And then, uh, you know, I try to do CrossFit once a week. Yep. And I like to swim a lot. I feel like swimming's good, yeah. good recovery and, you know, still intense. Sure. Um, and I try to mountain bike here and there. But right now with the fires, I'm limited to what I can do because the yep. air is full of smoke. <laughs> who, are you, uh, who are you hanging out with when you do this stuff? Do you got a couple guys that you cycle with or hang out with or go to the track with? No, I'm kind of the lone wolf. <laughs> I do everything pretty much by myself. But uh, Mary, yeah, Mariam, Mariam, everything I do. Mariam's a solo on this. Um, who'd you? And forgive me for not knowing your amateur results. How'd you do in amateurs? And who was sort of your class of guys? So, like coming up through like 60s, 80s, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I wasn't very good till I got on big bikes. <laughs> okay, um, I was pretty bad to be honest. Um, I think my best was like a ninth place finish overall at World Mini. Oh wow! I don't yeah, yeah. I, got, I don't right. think I got top ten. I right. just finished top ten. Right. But uh, but yeah, you know, once I got on big bikes, actually, believe it or not, I did novice for a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, listen. And, uh, uh, seven deuce deuce. Seven deuce deuce's claim in amateurs, I believe, was uh, he got seventh at the LCQ at the World Mini to get into the oh, motos or okay. something. So yeah, <laughs> you're right there with him. Oh man, but uh. But, yeah, you know, uh, once I got into, like, you know, the B class and stuff, I started doing pretty good. And uh, I actually, you know, towards the end of my uh, B and A year, I was racing with, you know, I, I caught the tail end of Plessinger. Okay. And then uh, 
you know, Justin Cooper, actually, his, I think, first or second year of A, and uh, Hart and Raft, you know, those guys, and uh, like Mark Worth, you know, oh, John Mark Ames, Worth. a bunch yeah, of yeah. those guys. Yeah. yeah, that's a name from, yeah. from kind of the past now. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, Mitchell Harrison, another great one, and uh, Benny Bloss. You know, there was a lot of dudes, but, um, you know, my, I guess I'd say my highlight was, I won Mammoth in the 450 class in 2013, and then I went on to win Schoolboy 2 at Loretta's in 14. Okay. So, you know, those were definitely the highlights of my amateur career. Uh, parents are big backers of yours and, and still around and helping you out? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. My dad travels with me to the race every weekend and oh, cool. uh, funded by the parents for yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> so right? They're like, they're like, you need to pick it up, man. You're spending our retirement. We're getting tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so you're number 86 this year. Do you have you, do you have any idea what you're in line for 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 next year? Because I I've got a guy named Dan Truman who who sent me some numbers. Oh no, but I'd like to hear because I know you said about a week ago A Ray was sitting around 60, and I think I'm ahead of him in points. Yeah, A Ray's looking somewhere. He wants 69. He said really bad. I so. want 69. <laughs> I might uh, need to go slower. I think everyone wants. 69. Yeah, I know, right? Right now, you're <laughs> going to be somewhere around 57. Right now, so okay. Uh, so I well, need to either need to go faster or slower. Yeah, we, we got four more motos. <laughs> now, you know what? Just try to get into those 40s. Um, that, that'd yeah, be, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, Dylan Merriam on the Privateer On In Life podcast, number 59, presented by FXR Racing and uh, and Race Tech Suspension. Um, so for next year, like okay, so like you mentioned that Christina Sh- Denny gave you a shot there at Cycle Trader. Have you been keeping in touch with her? Like, is that something you want to do? Is that is that on your radar, or, or are you calling her all the time, or what? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually like in the process now of, you know, beginning to reach out to a bunch of teams. I yep. I guess I'm a little bit behind the ball. I thought I was early, but I guess, you know, everyone's saying no, you know, now's the time. Yeah. Um but I definitely, you know, I like I said, I'd really like to ride a two fifty in super fast, yep. but you know, I I'll kinda take what I can get. Mm-hmm. Um Cycle Trader is definitely on my radar, you know, I'd love to be back with them. Yep. I actually I had contacted Christina in outdoors when Hardenraft got hurt. Uh, to see if they were just going to do a fill-in for outdoor because I thought, you yeah. know, I can ride a 250 outdoor too. Yep. Um, but I think with Duclos' kid coming up out of amateur, yeah. uh, they decided not to do a second rider. Um, but um, I'm actually about to probably reach out to her soon and, you know, kind of yeah. see what the deal is for next year. But uh, her and then, you know, along of you know, some other teams yeah. I'm going to reach out to as well. Or even, so. you know, even, uh, I don't, I, and I have no idea how it is, but, you know, that Starling team, AJA Husky or whatever that is, like, there's, that's one I really want to contact. Yeah, like there's a team, right? That's, I mean, they're going to pay your expenses. You're going to get some exposure, and if you get near the top ten in these things, you know, guys like Tyler Keefe and and these other guys start looking, right? And they start noticing yeah. things like that. Um, so there, there's certainly some rides available, but Miriam, if you don't get anything, you got to go four fifty supercars next year with TPJ. Yeah, again. no, that's the plan. Yeah, and try to try to I mean, you know make some real money. Exactly, and um, yeah, I kind of have a. Uh, like somewhat of a something building for the 450 in case, you know, we end up going that route. If oh, okay. Something doesn't work out with the team. Yep. Yep. Um, but so, you know, I might have, you know, some help for 450 next year. Oh, good. Cool. Um, good to hear. So we'll see if that option's still there. But, you know, I kind of want to, you know, approach some of the, you know, middle class teams first. Yep. You know, some of the bigger teams and see if, you know, if someone wants to give me the opportunity. But if not, you know, we kind of have, you know, we have, 
you know, something to fall back on. And then if that doesn't work out, you know, we'll go racing on our own again. Yeah, so, no. Uh, oh, good. Good to hear. Yeah, it's it's certainly with your results, you know, and these outdoors. Send them that photo of you at Unadilla with the poncho on. You'll be there. You go. You'll, you'll be fantastic <laughs> there. Um, what are what are the advantages, Dylan, and the disadvantages to growing up in SoCal? Like what I, I you know, like I get all these people telling me from all over the place. Uh, they want to go there. They want to be there. But what do you think? Is there are, are there some disadvantages? Um, I don't really know on the disadvantage side. I mean, I think I would say okay. So I'd say the advantage to it is the fact that we have so much variety. You know, we have about eight tracks within an hour. So it's like you know, a lot of people on the east they only have you know one or two tracks within a few hours. Uh huh. And you know they they don't really have as many options. But then again, you know our tracks in SoCal. The disadvantage is. You know, the owners don't want to put, you know, the money and the time into the track. So Mm -hmm. we're literally riding on, you know, blown out concrete. Yeah. And it's, you know, like for as far as training goes, I mean, this year during the summer, it's been okay. Yeah. But our tracks are flat. They're not that rutted. They're just hard packed slick. And then we show up on the weekends and they're freaking ruts, soft, mud, you know, just the conditions we're not training on. But, I mean, I feel like each coast has its advantage and disadvantage, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess some of those, um, some of those tracks back east, you're just like, what is this stuff? What is this stuff right? I'm riding on? Yeah. And in one thing, I mean, I feel like it's always been kind of a controversy, but like, you know, when the dudes are back in Florida training, you know, putting in all that work and they're in that heat and humidity, they're yeah. just draining themselves. Yeah. You know, to where out here, you know, it's been hot lately, but yeah. kind of off and on. It hasn't been that bad. Yeah. So when we show up on the weekends, you know, we're fresh and ready to go. And honestly, none of the East rounds this year have been that bad other than Southwick yeah. and a little bit of Muddy Creek. Yeah. They've been normal weather. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guy tell me this week, he rides, he was riding one of those facilities that, that they're doing three thirties, uh, you know, in, in during the week. And he's just, he's just drained himself when he shows up at the race. Like it's Jeez. so, it's so humid. I was just there with uh Cincerillo. We were filming this little video thing and, Sweet Jesus, was it humid, man? Like, I could not imagine yeah. doing 30s in, in that thing, you know? So you, See what I mean? And yeah. it's like, when do you have time to recover, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like, no, absolutely. Brutal. Uh, for sure, man. Um, so who's your rival out there? Who you've been racing with a lot? Like, who you been slamming with? You know, it's funny because, you know, the first three rounds when I was, you know, around the top 10, I was kind of riding by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now I've found myself in the mix, and I honestly I can't really point out one specific person. I mean, yep. um, one person that's always you know always there is Cody Cooper, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's he's always in the mix. Yeah, and uh, you know Henry Miller's always pretty much in the mix too. He's had some yeah. good motos this year. Miller's like hot um, and cold, right? Like Miller's hot and cold. Yeah. I feel like like if he's on, he's he's killing it. You know, and yeah. I mean, Millville, he had a great showing, oh, which yeah. everyone expected that for yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. But, but, I mean, he's got some really good motos outside of that, too. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's hard, man. It's hard to put two motos together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, people forget, man. And, hey, how and how quick is the schedule? Like, who's your mechanic? Like, he's a hero for, for how quick the schedule is and, and on a privateer budget trying to make your bike ready to go, you know? Yeah, so a little funny story on that is yeah. this weekend with the mud, they didn't change the schedule at all. It was still... Like, we didn't even do a sight lap. So yeah. we sat on the line for 20 minutes the second moto doing nothing. So after the first moto, I fried my clutch right at the end. Uh-huh. And I have, my mechanic's good. He knows, you know, he can work quick. And by the time we got the bike ready, we went all the way up to staging literally right before it closed. 
But the lady was like, oh, wait here real quick. So we're like, all right. So we're sitting there hanging out, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, maybe they're waiting on some people. So we're waiting. All of a sudden, I see the bikes rolling. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's going on? Why are they? She's like, you're late. And I said, well, yeah, no shit, I'm late. You told me to sit here. We've been waiting here for five minutes. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but you're late. And so I go up to the AMA official, and they keep trying to tell me I'm late. And we got there on time. But they said, nope, sorry. I mean, it's uh, past time. Yeah. So they they screwed my gate pick that second moto. You think that I ended would, up losing like seven to ten spots. I wonder if that would happen to say Barsha. Probably not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Justin Hill rolled right up the first moto. Yeah, yeah, right. I uh, I know. He Sometimes, did. yeah, I'm right sure. Up the inside. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, if you look outside, I ask this question a lot on these podcasts, Miriam, and so. Don't say money because that's that's easy. But if I could, if you could wave a magic wand and give yourself some help to compete against these uh, these factory guys, what would you do? What would be the best thing you think? And then don't you can't say money or money tree or anything like that. Um, I would just say like the access and the knowledge that these factory teams have, like when it comes to the suspension and stuff. Uh huh. You know, it's just like they just have so much experience and knowledge with everything, you know, like, like testing, like, like more testing or testing whatever. Wise. Yeah. So yeah, more testing is what yeah. I would say. Right. Cause like, yeah, I mean, look at, you know, when Yamaha gave a Ray, you know, he was testing a lot and, fucking, yeah. you know, his first few rounds, he had some really good motos and then back, you know, now that he's on his own, you know, he came back and freaking, you know, he could barely finish the moto cause his bike breaks or, you know, something's yeah, yeah. not working. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy what these teams are capable of. Oh, I know. It's and it's not, it's it's not even the parts. It's the seven people standing around that are super smart. That's exactly. what it is, you know. So yeah. Um. And, and and I wasn't one of them, but I was on teams with smart people, and so I understand uh, <laughs> how it works. You know, that's that's the real For key sure. is is everybody being like, hey, we're gonna. It's muddy. We're gonna we're gonna you know adjust your sag a little bit. We're gonna give you some uh, taller pegs, or we're gonna try this with a with a clutch lever or anything like that. Small stuff like that, you know. Right. And, and it just makes a difference. So. Yeah, and instead of like, you know, for me, I come back and my mechanic's like, hey, do you want to change anything? And I'm like, well, let me think about what it's doing to where they come back and the guy's like, hey, try this, try yeah, that, try yeah, this, yeah. do this. This will work, this won't. Like, you <laughs> what, know? What's your mechanic's name now? Blake. Yeah, Blake. Party. So you and Blake go back and you shrug your shoulders, huh? I guess we don't have anything to try. That's it. Let's go racing. Right? <laughs> well, and yeah, seriously, like imagine the, the, the teams, they can change their suspension in between practices, motos, yeah. they can freaking open it up, change the valving. Yeah, yeah. What we take is what we're running. And don't get me wrong, I have a good relationship yeah. with Ross Enzo. Yeah. So I've been testing here at home, and right. you know, anytime we find a better setting, I take it to the race. Right. But still, um, you know, um, they have seven Rosses at the race. Yeah. And speaking of Ross, what a fucking rad dude he is. Oh, yeah. Right? Ross like, is a good dude. Like, is there, you know, I don't know how much you actually get up to test with him, but uh or, or maybe will or somebody but uh ross Maeda is is one of the best guys in the industry and i love talking to him oh yeah ross is the best and honestly this year you know we started building a relationship it's funny he did my dad's suspension back like 30 years ago oh really your, and, your dad uh, raced i didn't know that yeah yeah he he just locally but mm-hmm. uh but yeah you know so i've started building a good relationship with ross this year and he's had me go out twice to test some stuff with him yep. and he's just so knowledgeable and you know just the stuff that he comes up with, like, you know, two of the things that we tested are things that he came up with. Yeah. You know, they're not even out. Yeah. Like what I'm running on my race bike, they don't even make, he custom made the part. Nice. So nice. it's like, yeah. so, you know, and especially, so like I said, you know, having 
you know, someone like Ross, yep. you know, he's, I feel like, you know, he's as smarter, smarter than, you know, all the guys at the races. Yeah. But these guys have seven of those guys yeah, at yeah. the races. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Do you change much with pull rods and clamps and stuff on the Yamaha? Do you have to do much of that? Um, no, no, no I haven't. You know, I actually, I started Supercross with the x trains and I went back to the stock clamps. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. I did. Just yeah, uh, I, is I a flex? Yamaha did too. Yeah, a flex issue? Is that what you kind of noticed? Um, it's weird. The extra, the, the the front end kind of just felt a little heavy. Okay. And I just, I just felt like it kind of cut better with the stock clamps. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of teams, a lot of guys do that and try it. You know, um, uh, rocks yeah. in a couple of years ago was struggling with his RCH Suzuki and they're like, okay, yep. back clamps. to stock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. uh, Langston won a title with stock clamps back in the day. Like, uh, yeah. Um, the Japanese are smart, man. So sometimes these, yeah. everybody bolts the, Every freaking little thing under the sun on their bikes, but sometimes these the Japanese know what they're doing when it comes to uh, aluminum right. thickness and aluminum uh, turns and curves of parts and everything else. You know. So, oh yeah, they put a lot of time and testing into that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, uh, thanks for the time on the uh, on the show, the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island podcast. It's nice to see Mariam. You back up there. Thirteenth, uh, like you said, in one practice, whole shot. Um, yeah, let's let's close this thing out with four strong motos and get back to where we were. You know, in the beginning. Heck yeah! Thanks for having me on, and yeah, these last two are gonna be good. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, anybody want to thank before we sign off? Oh man, <laughs> should I have a list in front of me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to. Uh, what was that? I was just gonna say whatever you whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, no, I'd like to thank everyone. You know, uh, yeah. TPJ Fly Racing, uh, Alpine Stars, DSC Construction, um, Acherobees, you know, um, Von Zipper Goggles. Um, Pirelli tires, uh, man, my mechanic, Blake, my mom, my dad, just everyone. You know, I probably forgot a few ODI. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, that's all yeah, right. No, everyone that's behind me. Don't sweat it. Hey, nice work beginning of this year and, and uh, really impressive stuff and some good Supercross rides as well, man. So everybody keep an eye on uh, number 86. Uh, some things, big things are going to happen, hopefully. Uh, thanks for the time, man. Thanks, Steve. Have a good one.